Hey guys, welcome to Colt Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, it's all shiny balls, amped up dwarfs, and creepy tall men, because we're talking about the 1979 classic Phantasm. So let's just start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, guys, thanks for joining us this week. We're doing Phantasm. But before we get into that, I just want to say, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Thank you for to everyone who's been doing that for us lately. Um, you know, we, we, we really appreciate it, and we feel very loved right now, except for tonight, because we don't have any new ones to read. A lot read. of Satanists out None there. None tonight, huh? No, Satanists did not come out for us this week. Last week was Satanist week, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, what movie did we there, do? There might have been a conference, right? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Islander brought out the Satanists. Yeah, they all get together. <laughs> they all get together, listen to the show, yeah. and then, you know, That's kill great. a goat. Kill a goat. That's rude. They probably don't do they that. They don't do that. I know. Now I'm shoehorning. Ah, uh, uh, way to go, Cody. Way to be about stereotypical asshole. Yep. <laughs> all right, so I said it's Phantasm tonight. Uh, it came out in 1979. Mm-hmm. Had a budget of three hundred thousand uh-huh. dollars. Made twelve million films in the U.S. Rated, rated nailed it. What's it rated? Is it R? I put R down, but it's R. Uh, yeah, I think it, it was originally going to get an X rating. It currently has a seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was directed by Don Coscarelli. Coscarelli, that's correct, Chris. It's so crazy how you have movie knowledge. If you don't know what it's about, it's about a teenage boy and his friends that face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the Tall Man, who keeps a lethal ar- arsenal of terrible weapons with him. Mm. Very terrible, terrible weapons? Is that yeah. what that's what you went with? That's what I went with. Imagine right. guns, yeah, you like, know. And there's no yeah. guns. Like oh, there is guns. Weapon. If you're wondering who, Haunting weapons. if you're wondering who's breaking the number one podcast rule, which is don't talk. Before you're introduced. Do you even know the rule? Because <laughs> as always, I am joined by the Cold Film crew of Kyle Smith. Hello, how's it going? Chris Willenbrecht. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Oh, you gotta just you gotta do a long one when I do a long one? Yeah, we're I'm gonna go you longer. thought you thought you thought because I gotta laugh, you'd get one too. Salustio <laughs> wine, it makes you feel at home. Just trying to piggyback uh, on your laugh, I, bro. I get out of here. So uh get this here. was Kyle's pick. It certainly was. Kyle, why'd you pick Phantasm? I picked Phantasm because I've I've wanted to review this film since we started this podcast, and um, uh, recently, within the last year, last six, five, six months, actually probably last month, but um, <laughs> I don't even know when it was, J.J. <laughs> Abrams' uh, production company, uh, Bad Robot, took on the film and did like a full restoration of it, and I was really excited to see how they did on the restoration. Um, and I thought it'd also be an interesting film for us to dive into because there's a lot of um, lot of uh, weirdness and uncertainties with this film, and I would just curious to see how everyone took it. Yeah, okay. I'm. Has anyone not seen this film before? Everybody seen it? Crickets. <laughs> when, okay, let me ask this question. When was the last time you saw it? Because it's been a while for me. Ooh. Chris, Who are Chris, you asking? Chris? Yeah, he's not I, even. I'm <laughs> looking directly at Chris. Yeah, but because the people, right people all around because the room. people at home can see. Uh, no, your I, eyes. they don't have to see me. If I'm looking at somebody, that means I'm looking at you for the answer. I'm literally right across from you, so you're always looking at me. <laughs> God, answer the goddamn question. <laughs> um, this episode's a fucking train wreck. Last time I saw this was, I want to say maybe five years ago. Um, the problem I have with that is, I, I saw it once before that even. And I can never seem to remember it very well. Mm. Interesting. A nice, a nice, an answer and a jab. Well played. When was the last time you saw it? Uh, probably about five years ago. Mike? Uh, much longer than five years ago. Yeah, much longer for me. Probably too. like ten or fifteen years ago. I mean, God, wait a second. Might have been a kid. I might have been, might have been twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. My dad showed me this movie. Like believe it, I, I think we were at I I, I got I, I feel like it was around October and we were at like a Best Buy and he bought the VHS of this 
And he's like, this is a great movie. We all are going to watch it together. And, you know, that was probably when I was like eight or nine, maybe. Mm. If I feel I feel like that's semi-correct. I feel so. like I, I would have probably appreciated it and liked this movie more, not giving away my rating, but uh, I feel like I would have probably appreciated it and liked this movie more if I would have saw it around that age. Yeah, because it... it you know, we just, but I mean, this is this is this is kind of a great topic to bring up because we're just coming off of um, the film review of Drop Dead Fred, which, as a child, is just kind of a loud, rambunctious film. But as an adult, there's like a bunch of weird layers and shit you never thought was there. And this film, like as a child, it was I, I thought it was like just crazy, a flying metal sphere with a drill built into it, just you know, shooting around corridors. And then when you see an adult, it's like. There's so much to unpack in the film. It almost gets overwhelming. So, yes. So, yes. You know what? I say we unpack this film. Let's do it. When we come back. Ah. Jody. Hi, Reg. How's it going? Tommy's gone. So. uh... It's a hell of a way to end a trio. <laughs> it's hard to believe. I killed himself. Hey, I, uh, I'm gonna go visit somebody. Uh, I'll catch you inside. Yeah. All right, guys, so we're back, and we're talking about Phantasm. Came out in 1979. Made a buttload of cash. Buttload. Sure did. Here's the... here's Okay, so this is how I'm going to kind of start off, I feel like. Tonight. All right. Well, shoot us straight. I, I have like <laughs> I have several questions as far as... Not so much about the movie, but about the movie, if this makes sense. The following... Nope, that didn't at all, but let's do it. The following... like It definitely has a cult following. Yes. Yeah. yes. I am baffled by this. Why? Uh, because... All right, I'll just get it out of the way. I'm not a fan of this movie. Okay. Well, I'm what just, do we even need to rate it for? Let's just, <laughs> just throw in the towel. Let's throw in the towel, no, no, guys. It, it, Give up. It's going to correlate to what I have to say. It's going to okay. coordinate. All right. Uh, and I don't understand the cult following behind this film, and maybe it's because I'm missing pieces of the film as far as like deeper meaning or, or something like that, because... It's just such a far out there, weird, wacky fucking concept mm-hmm. that I don't find any of it. Like I don't find any of it terrifying. Let's start with you know what? Let's let's, let's jump into this because I have a question for you. Then Cody, yeah. what? And this is a question for everyone, obviously myself included. But I want to see where your head's at. What do you think this movie's about? What did you I take away? I, what I got from it is it's about a uh, maybe an alien. That is making slaves for either his home planet or to to take over another dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's making slaves out of dead bodies that turn out to be uh, roid-raged dwarves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mike, Chris, anyone want to jump in as well? I would, yeah, I would jump on with that. I think that it is about, I mean, I guess he's an alien or that is a portal to some sort of underworld uh, but he does say planet, right? I think yeah, he does, he does say, say planet. But you know, he doesn't. He fucking doesn't know. know. Mike, he doesn't fucking yeah, know. Mike doesn't know in the movie. Mike in the movie, yeah, not Mike yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking know either. Yeah. Um, I imagine it was something of that nature, and um, then uh, they defeat him or they banish him mm-hmm. to the depths of the earth, mm-hmm. and they find out that it's all in the uh, in the mind of a child, or is it? Mm. That's like the plot of the film, Chris, right there. Yeah, that is, and I. Yeah, I guess I just took away that from it. Um, I also think there's like some kind of like a relationship story going on between him and his brother here. You Obviously, know, yeah. That mm, yeah. I feel like that's a. I don't know. It always kind of has like a. It feels like it's rooted somewhere in yeah. in that story as well. I read so in preparation for this review. I I, I like to read, especially on films that I personally don't feel like I quite got it. I like to read a lot of other reviews and kind of get into mind the mind of other people and see where they were coming from. And one of the things I read, and I thought this was really interesting, so I wanted to bring it up on the show, but I don't even... This, this, this could be completely way far fucking off, but somebody pointed out that this film, like, the high concept of it is actually a kid who 
is simply coping with the death of his brother. This entire film is his psyche and him attempting to cope with the death of his older brother and his parents at the pretty much around the same time frame. And he is obsessive about death. And that's what the tall man is supposed to represent is his death. And that's why he is putting so much onto this funeral parlor and stuff that there's some kind of conspiracy or weirdness afoot going on because he doesn't, he's not quite old enough or prepared to deal with the fact that he no longer has a brother. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. And that, after watching the movie and then reading that, I, I kind of could see bits and pieces of it. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I, sorry, Mike, go ahead. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Well, you guys can. Well, don't argue. I think go? you're on the right track because here's the thing. A lot of Don Coscarelli's films have these weird, crazy, high-concept ideas. Like Bubba Hotep is about, you know, uh, possibly Elvis and JFK, who is a black man, mm-hmm. fighting against an ancient mummy. <laughs> you know, um, like John dies in the end. I haven't seen that film all the way through, but as I understand it, it is a semi-autobiographical horror film about uh, the guy who wrote it. Um, like his life or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have Phantasm 8 through 25 that he, you know. <laughs> um, but the, with maybe an exception of Beastmaster. Yeah. You know, all of his films have these really like, it's, mm-hmm. it's not just like a straightforward like horror film. There's always some kind of weird, right. like, and I have like a- out there idea that ties it all together or confuses the whole thing. Yeah. I do kind of have a hard time referring to this as a horror film. I feel like it it delves far more into like almost a sci-fi fantasy but with with gory elements to it, I guess. But Chris, yeah, I don't know. I just I I looked up a little bit about the film and the director had stated that it was really a story about like um it was really a story about like young kids like maturing in a sense and like also like the representation of the tall man was supposed to be like a child to an adult essentially Mm. um and like the 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 fear that that comes with that um so i i kind of saw it from that perspective i agree with what you guys are saying that's like a like a really good theory to have about the film but yeah um there's nothing there's nothing confirmed on it but i feel like at least for me personally like it's one of those movies that are, I personally, I, I think, I feel like there's something going on and maybe I haven't seen it enough to really latch into it yet. I, I, I There has to be something, if, if only because there is that weird scene that exists where he goes to see what, it, what essentially is some psychic, the local yeah, town yeah, yeah. psychic or something, and there's so much of it is about how his brother's going to leave and how he's going to leave him all alone. And this woman's like, no, he's not going to leave you alone. He's going to take you with you. We've foreseen this. And this. There's that that scene is, stands out from the rest of the movie so oddly. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's almost like it is trying to give you some sort of plot, trying to explain something, but it never really gets fully there. Right. And it stands out from the rest of the film, where the rest of the film is just this kid trying to figure out what the fuck is going on at the cemetery. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, like he, she, he goes there for seemingly like no real reason other than he just kind of feels like well, to what the lady. Yeah, I feel I, I kind of got the sense that he's gone there a lot. No, I got that because they're yeah. like, hey, welcome back, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But like in terms of the movie and how it's presented, like it really just stands out of nowhere. Like they don't explain that woman. They don't really explain what's going on there. Well, after that, Lance Henderson walks in and then she <laughs> conjures up the pumpkin head. That's true. So, no, it's it, it's funny listening to your guys' description of, of this movie because I took it more at face value than anything deeper than mm-hmm. what I saw on screen. What what makes me not tape it, take it at, or what makes me take it at a deeper value, I think, is the the very end of the film, like when you do find out that this might have been all a dream, mm-hmm. which pissed me off. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, that's such a fucking cheap move, like to be, to wake up out of something and be like, nothing ever happened. But then, of course, they leave it open to interpretation mm-hmm. uh, with the with the with the final you know scene of of him getting pulled through the glass mirror and the yeah. tall man. I think there. he shot like multiple endings for this film, like multiple, and actually used one in a different film, a different phantasm film. That I'm not, I do, I'm I'm not aware of. Pretty sure I read that, but yeah, you know, Wikipedia. Yeah. 
I think the uh, oh sorry go ahead no I, I it's just for me like I said I, I took this film at face value and I didn't read too much like there's certain things that hit me that was like that's fucking weird like mm-hmm. the fact that the tall man's dressing up like a lady and banging boys and killing them yeah it's yeah. kind of weird mm-hmm. it was it it felt kind of disconnect disjointed like I didn't pick that up right away I don't get the symbolism behind that I was yeah. kind of confused like well so the tall man waits till these guys. The way finish. I finish, <laughs> the, the way the, and then he kills him. The way I took it, the way I took those scenes, and and it's the first time I've taken it this way since you know seeing it before, is that like I feel like the flash, the flash of her face, and then it's the tall man's face and her and stuff. I like kind of took it as like he was more or less kind of pulling the strings of that situation, but like he wasn't directly there or he was hiding himself or something. I don't. Again, the, here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing that I want to point out that I read, and actually, I I, I watched uh, the 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 Blu-ray had an interview with him from '79 when it came out, and the thing that I think is is interesting about this film is when he wrote this film, he locked himself away in a cabin for like two months, nobody else around, and he says that like as the time went on and as I became more disconnected, like a lot of the weird imagery in the film started flooding into his his mind when he was like secluded and isolated in this cabin so i feel like that's where a lot of the kind of almost uh surreal dreamlike shit is coming from it's probably coming from his own yeah. psyche like playing tricks on him and then him basically putting See, it into a script and again maybe just i'm a bad reviewer but i didn't pick up on the dreamlike shit either until well, the end when he when he, you get the wake up ending i, I i'll d- disagree with that i think That's the whole movie feels dreamlike yeah, I, yeah. No, I just thought it was shot well i didn't think it felt dreamlike i yeah yeah i i think the whole movie definitely has like a, a, a I mean, surrealistic whether dream it's like vibe. fog in the background and light that the way they lit the mm-hmm. thing and like the shots were very think, grand. And I like, feel like the way the flashbacks happened felt almost surreal or, or kind of unusual. Like they had an, they had an odd uh, 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 mood, right? Or the dreams, you know, like when he's when he's in that that infamous scene where he's in the bed, but it's the coffin and the tall man is like mm-hmm. like lurking above him and the camera's pulling back. Like that's some crazy fucking imagery. Yeah, I I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Did you love that part when you were awake or? Oh, no. I did fall asleep during this film, I'll be honest, and right up front. But uh, but I went back and watched it because I, I really did want to pay close attention. Because this movie is hailed as like a very important film to a lot of people. Which, and, and, and I just really wanted to fucking figure out why that was. You yeah, know, I'm so. still trying to figure that out. You know, when this movie originally came out, it came out to bad reviews. Yeah. It came out to bad Isn't reviews. Not like and the essential people, cult yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people bad changed, reviews, but then like people changed people changed their mind. The great box office. Yeah, yeah, the box office is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like twelve million it made. Yeah. That's just well, keep in mind huge the, the remastering just happened only a month ago. So I mean, there's been a cult following for this film oh, for and all of time. its sequels for a very long. I mean, even people to the point like there's a lot of diehard Phantasm fans that are like. With every subsequent sequel, they get more and more pissed because, like, the story has never come to a finality. And just recently, the fifth film came out, and it is the final film that I think Angus Scrim is in, in general, in his entire film career. But they, if I'm not mistaken, they, like, button up the story and, like, they bring it to a complete close. Because, like, Reggie's in all of them. Like, he's just fighting the, the tall man through generations and shit. So, yeah. You so know, I mean, it's got that rabid fan base did, that keeps it going. Is this kind of the the movie that started? And I'm not sure. Is this kind of the movie that started like the the kid adventure like horror mm. theme? Because you know, I was watching this and I was like, I feel like this influenced like Lost Boys like a lot. Like the kid adventure? You mean like the kid finds himself in a horror film? It's like mo- Silver Bullet? No, shit? this is this is definitely <laughs> like like not. I don't want to say like Goonies. No, I want. I know got- which which movie this was influenced by, and it's something wicked. This way it comes. He wanted to make a film like that, and that came out after. No, I don't believe. I don't so, believe dude. so. I don't know. GTS. Should we Google that shit? But I'm almost certain that. That 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 film, he wanted to make a film like that, and but, or he wanted to no, he what he wanted to do is he wanted to license the rights to make that film. That's what it is. He wanted to license the rights to make something wicked this way comes. It already got snagged up by Disney, and then he made this film, 
which was kind of inspired by what that film was supposed to be. Yeah, that film came out in 83. Because I see it, like, I, I don't know, I just see the relationship between the brothers in this movie, just very similar to the one in Lost Boys. Well, I know there's a lot of childlike uh, themes in it, like watching your brother having sex. Yeah. Like, who yeah. wasn't part of that, guys, right? Am I right? Uh, like, creeping wrong. in, looking <laughs> for your brother, seeing him nope. have sex. No? No, am I wrong? Seeing him have sex with a tall <laughs> yeah, man. You were wrong. looking at your younger brother. <laughs> wrong? <laughs> 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 That's even weirder, dude. Oh man. It's like Mike, you should know. No, that is a weird fucking scene now. though, right? I don't understand. Like I didn't understand that again. I get it. Like, it was to all. see boobs. I mean I don't know if it was though. I Quite was like, honestly, like I don't I don't take that because there's this weird there's this weird thing with with uh with Mike. Um not me, but not me. you, but in the movie. There's a weird thing with Mike in the movie where he is just so obsessed about about believing his brother is going to leave him in some way. That's why he's just following him well, everywhere. I think that's because his parents died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, with that too. I think yeah. it's because his parents died, but I also think this kind of harkens back to the fact that like this kid is kind of living in a fantasy world where in the real world, his brother is dead, but in this fantasy world... He's always trying to stay close because he doesn't want to let that go. I worry. I, like I did not pick up. Man, I, well, well how, as I'm describing it, can you see it no. now? No, because he talks about leaving his brother because he doesn't want the responsibility in the film. I just don't see that that he's dead throughout the whole film. That Jody's dead throughout the whole film. I don't see that. I don't well, yeah, want to see. I that. mean, that's the twist in the reveal, right? I I, I kind of don't want it to it, be. Like you, but yeah. what's the what's the bigger twist? The fact that the tall man actually exists and pulls him, like he gets pulled into the mirror at the end. That is the final, the final statement and stamp on the film. Yes. So, so was he really dreaming at all? Uh, probably not. I, I would imagine he wasn't. I mean, but then, then why, why would Reggie be so confused it's, about? It's such a weird fucking thing because I what I don't understand is like, like what that means for the whole film is like. What's the mythos of it then? Like, are we? What is it? Is yeah, it, what is it really? Is it there, there's like, a, there's a, there's an, there really was an alien. Like, let's take a film like the Babadook, right? Like, okay, that this demon is a representation mm-hmm. of you know postpartum syndrome or whatever, right. or like you know depression in the family setting, and they turned it into like a poltergeist thing, and then, but you know, you, there are clear kind of indications where you can really point and say that creature is her dark like mental disorder mm-hmm. like in it, 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 yeah right <laughs> or dropped Fred, <laughs> extracting its revenge on this family right yeah. there's not really an indication that the, that the this tall man is any kind of like it's it's Figment not his, of his imagination yeah it's not his his like what is it like unless the only other exce- under, understanding a, is is a that parent. It's, it's a real fucking thing yeah. mm-hmm. and that this kid is caught in some sort of purgatory Ooh, I like that idea. That maybe he's fucking dead. I don't know. Nah, that, that, well, that I don't know if that's. Well, doesn't make any sense, right? Because you said Reggie comes back in the, in the in the sequels. Reggie's in all of them, and Mike comes back in, in the second two. one, and yeah. I think he comes Different back actor in the in third two. or fourth. Do, the, one. do they make? Do, what do they? What do they explain? Like, yeah. what is the? Why is such a disrespectful a, little bastard riding his motorcycle through the graveyard? That's what I want to know. That is true. Yeah. You know what? He deserved <laughs> right? that. That's fucked up. He deserved that. Doing wheelies and shit. Yeah. I don't remember really much about the second one. I feel like I saw that probably. Probably about twenty years ago or fifteen years ago, and it didn't leave an impression. I want to say I saw two before I saw one, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just. Where do you guys think that tall man fits against it? Like other horror, horror icons? Excuse me. He's pretty recognizable. He's pretty I recognizable. Like, yeah, I, I I think he is, and I think. He's I mean, in the he, top five. Let me ask you that question. Top five. I mean. Could be close. I he think would be close he's, for me. He, he's very similar in the sense that, like a Freddy Krueger. I mean, he's not obviously as as well known, but only Angus Scrim Scrim can play that yeah, character. Agree, right? Agree. You, can't, like, you can't pick yeah, anybody else. He's scarier than most of them. He, he, yeah, he, he's scarier than think? a Jason. He's scarier than uh, a I, Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. He's a real fucking. He's got a face. He's got a, a thing going I on there. You yeah. find see him, it, you know. See, I didn't find him that terrifying. I, I just thought he was great. Yeah, like I think he's a cool. Like it's a cool concept and a cool character, but like I said, maybe I wish I would have saw this when I was like eight years old because it would be more terrifying to me but as an adult I'm just like is he too man's just got a job is he too like, much of like a man looking he just looks like a normal dude no like, I, I I just don't yeah but I like the I, I like I the concept what I think what I think is scary is kind of the concept of the character too because there's even this scene where where Michael is in the antique shop and he finds 
a photo from like the 1800s or 1700s and that it's that it's mm-hmm. the same fucking tall man working at the fucking funeral parlor and it's like this guy is you have to just assume he's like uh, several hundred years old and he's been doing this shit for years so what it's kind of that like that ominous always present evil oh, which- How- Speaking of ominous and, and evil, like how about that first time when he's like standing on the street and he looks across and Tall Man just stops and just slowly turns. And over. then you learn yeah. his his real weakness, which was ice cream the whole yeah, time. Was, yeah, he loves you the saw smell. his face. Smells. He was just like if the, you know if they had thrown uh, some Neapolitan. <laughs> <laughs> Neapolitan. This whole thing never would have happened. He looks more like a rocky road. Come on, yeah. he's <laughs> more of a rocky road. <laughs> they do reveal that he's been alive for hundreds of years. Yeah, and I think that adds, adds to the creepy. Factor. The, the original ending that they cut it out is when after he snatches Mike. And disappears. He actually comes back and says, "There can only be one." Oh, yeah. he's the Highlander. <laughs> he's, he's one of the immortals. <laughs> no, I just I'm so confused by it. and the whole dwarf thing is slaves. Like, well, they explain. Uh, they explain that. They explain that. They explain that, and they explain why they 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 shrink down. Yeah, yeah, the gravity. The gravity of the planet. How yeah. the kid knows that shit? Just I know, by being right? there For 15 seconds, he just comes out with all the knowledge. He's like, so here's the deal: gravity on this planet is way, way, way more harder. On the body, it crushes you down because if you look at the math, he's like, got a fucking chalkboard. E equals seventeen I, times oh, the man. Mother, magnified by a weak <laughs> by a weak force on the body. I think gone. the dwarves are kind of a weak point for the movie. A huge weak point. I'll agree man. with that and as kills, well. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it kills the story yeah. quite a bit and the mystique of the tall man. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the tall man would be scarier to me. I like me. the concept of him uh grave robbing and stealing. Yeah, no, no. I like that too. But he and that was would have made him scarier if he didn't turn mm-hmm. them into fucking Star yeah. Wars characters. And I feel like a lot of that is has got to come from cuz oh there there's something that um I didn't mention that this movie is like the, one of the concepts in this movie is actually uh, a nightmare that the director had mm-hmm. um, of the the sphere itself. Like that was a nightmare of him getting chased down marble hallways, getting chased by this chrome sphere with a drill on it or some shit. I never so have like, dreams like that. I never, really? Oh, I, I feel do. so bad no. for you. I have I have insanely weird, very vivid, terrifying dreams. Oh, you feel sorry for us? I feel sorry for you. Yeah, no <laughs> way. There's such like great, such s- great concepts yeah, and I'm ideas sure. that you get from that. I don't want to wake up sweating. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I stress my whole uh, day out. I've done that. Yep. No. I, I, I usually write them down if I remember to, because they're terrifying as fuck. I will say what I like about the uh, the tall man a- a- as a uh, a villain. Like he's kind of like how do I put this? He has like a real unpredictability where you don't really know the limits of his powers. Like yeah. okay, no, for, so true. for instance, like um. Like Jason, you know, he's like this unstoppable kind of tank that, like, you can throw everything at him, but he keeps walking and he never really runs. Yeah. You know, like, but this guy, it's, it's almost like he could do anything. Like, and, and, he, and he attacks, like, when he comes at and tries to kill people, he does it in such a weird way. That scene where um, the kid is walking and it's like a mirror. He's mirroring all of his mo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. It's real creepy. Like, and I'm like, shit, what's going to go on here? Yeah. And then he runs and he chases him. Well, like, it's like, okay, so he's not a mirror. Like, but he did that. What to just fuck with his no, head? Yeah. No, Oof. no, the only the oh, that is. I'm glad you brought that up because that is the only scene in this movie that made me go, well, maybe like the 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 a tall man is a projection mm-hmm. that Mike is putting out there into the world, and that's. Like almost him in yeah. a way, like this is his drop dead Fred. This is his Fred. It's just a really <laughs> even more fucked up version. <laughs> like his imaginary friend is just yeah. big ass heel boots. I mean, that's I, again. I I don't think that's too far off. I think I think with a movie like this, I personally I think I think anything's any a, a, any opinion you have is going to be kind of correct because it's such a high concept that isn't drilled down perfectly so it just leaves you like we're doing right now we're seeing this room going back and forth about what, what we think this or that or might have meant or something is the high concept kind of brought d- down like i guess for me too because i thought it was just so fucking stupid the dwarves like is the high concept kind of brought down by that 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 plot in in the no, story so can i say something about this film and and i saw this there's a campiness to this film yeah. that exists. And I think it, it exists in the 70s charm. It does. And, and you know, I laughed my ass off when that kid went running when his brother was trying to have sex with that girl. Oh, and he goes, I, that's right. right. Ah! 
what the hell? It goes, it's, it's, he's got it's panties in his in mouth. such a weird <laughs> way. Yeah, he's got an old man's panties in yeah. his mouth. Oh, those are 70s panties. For a long time, no, too. Those are, those are uh, tall man's panties, yeah. my friend. <laughs> I was thinking about how simple the suspense is in this movie, too. So, like, for example, when the kid goes first goes into the funeral home, sneaks in, and he's hiding inside that coffin... And he puts the lighter propped up, like to so he can still yeah. see out the crack. And the guy—it's just simply a scene of a guy coming towards him. Mm-hmm. It's building, it's building, and then fucking tall man walks in. Dude just leaves, you know. But but for something so simple, I felt like that was really effective. Yeah. Like they were good at doing things like that. Well, yeah, he, he he and yeah, I thought I thought the director did a good job of like building suspense, but then but then like kind of breaking that suspense once the kind of jump happened with like some kind of kind of comedy bit, like like you just pointed out him running past his brother like screaming with his arms flailing that's like a really there there were there were like some uh, random scenes that could be considered as humorous or comedic to help mm. break tension that was happening yeah in the film. definitely when uh he opened the door and tall man was standing there with like a karate chop yeah. hand and then just waited like seven seconds <laughs> to actually grab him yeah so what about the fucking long uh guitar uh uh duet yeah, out of nowhere. It's pretty fucking funny. You yeah. think we're just trying like, to jam in some seventies tunes? All right. Yeah, they're <laughs> making, like it just ends like it's a fucking that, that Sesame some, Street. Like. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of what artist that music reminded me, of, but it's like total seventies fucking. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like music you'd see here in the movie Billy Jack or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess well, you know what. Let's take a break when we come back. I want to talk more about the technical stuff, the stuff that I personally really enjoyed. All right. Oh, damn, look, I know you're not going to believe this, but these things were here, right in the garage, and they were going to get me. Oh, give me a break, would you? They were jumping on the car and making these these weird sounds. Sure wasn't that uh, retarded kid Timmy up the street? Oh, it was the same thing that chased me last night. But what are we going to do? <laughs> you're crazy, man. All right, guys, we're back talking about Phantasm, and I want to talk about my favorite part of the film, which was the technical aspect of it, um, especially with this remastered mm-hmm. version of the film, which is J.J. Abrams, they went to town on this film, man. They made it look fantastic, but not like it was worked. Yeah. They did it. They definitely did it. It was like a re- it, it was a re- remaster done by a filmmaker and it looked like it like it wasn't like a company just picked up a movie like let's let's do a remaster of it and they shoot it off to some remastering house that just kind of like is just knocking shit out left and right like they spent time and the thing that I, I know we all talked about earlier and I'll bring up is the thing I, I appreciated the most about it was that he kept the grain of the film in it like so it didn't look overly sharp or waxy in any way it just mm-hmm. felt like a very smooth kind of a right. picture right it looked like real people with like texture like you know it wasn't yeah. it didn't have like a fucking instagram filter there was over a, it there was even a scene i feel like the scene that i appreciated the most from the master is when uh mike's brother uh jody yes right? yes okay jody is walking through the uh funeral home um the the day of his, of their friend's funeral and it's right before the tall man like grabs him and he goes the funeral is about to begin <laughs> there's a scene where he turns because he hears a sound and it's in it's kind of a medium shot of his face and like just the way his skin texture on his face looked and how it was reflecting light organically it just looked really fucking good i would like to talk about that a little bit too because um so what was the budget on this film 300 okay so relatively relatively low budget i mean for the most part Mm -hmm. um pretty low he does some pretty interesting things with just some lighting and some camera work and mm-hmm. like getting the right location. Yeah. Like that mausoleum. Yeah. Yeah. Like dude. the idea of just like bathing it in white and light. Yeah. Like, man, that had a nice effect. It really it did. It really does. And it really looked like a everything looks portrait 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 esque, yeah. I guess. Yes. Like yes. a painting almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like a lot of the a lot of the scenes in this film did, especially that one scene you were talking about with him over the bed. Like yeah. it has a weird like crucifix. 
yeah. looking like it just looks like if you if you took that snapshot and you put it in yeah. an art house, people would be like, great piece of art. There's, even, there, like, there's even a scene that I like just as much as that one that uh-huh. also involves Michael. It's when he go, when he falls through the, the forks. Okay. And it's a shot. It's, it's kind of a quick shot, but it's like it's his arms are kind of outstretched. He's, he's almost like in the shape of a crucifix, and he's like falling down, mm-hmm. and the wind is rushing up at him. Like the way that the red background contrasts to him, and he's lit really subtly but it's natural it doesn't feel washed out anyway like it just looked like something out of a a graphic novel or something out of a comic right. book it it's, looked so fucking good it's the thing about this film and and to go back to our first original question um like what makes this a cult film i i think that 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 has a lot to do with it i think so too is it's not just your typical cheesy like horror film you know like you know, bad camera, whatever. But hey, we love it because it's got some fucking interesting story concepts. Like this film is shot in a very unique way. I think this is where like the Jodorowsky reference comes from, is mm-hmm. because Holy Mountain is picture esque. Like mm-hmm. a lot of those like images are a piece of art you could hang on the wall. Yeah, that's how Phantasm is. I mean, even the even the most subtlest scenes too. I thought were shot with like really intelligent perspective would be like the scene where Jody's just riding his bike in the neighborhood and Mike's in the background chasing after him, like right. jumping over fences, like chasing after his brother. Cause he's like, again, going back to him thinking his brother's leaving him in some way or whatever. And it's just shot in such a way where like Jody has this very like relaxed, normal kind of look on his face and his brother is rushing behind him. And it's just, it's framed so much like a portrait or an image. And even the, um, I'm jumping all over the place, but I I really fucking love the orb vision. Yeah, oh, really? that red and black, that weird like I thought not it, heat vision, but something else. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought it I thought it was such a like uh, Jarring? Di- dichotomy yeah. to the rest of the way that the mausoleum was shot that it was almost like it, it's like it shocked you, like oh what the hell is this I'm seeing? I will say it has a lot to do with the music though as well, like like shit like that because that wouldn't have really worked for me, but it was the music and sound cue that happened when that kicked on that mm. made me go fuck I'm out of the normal it cuts reality. To the sound where it's like yeah exactly like shooting around yeah and 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 uh, that's just kind of segueing into it. I will praise it for its soundtrack uh, and 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 like score. I mean, yeah. it was basically just sounded like a band was just like jamming in some parts of it and I'm yeah. like this totally works and the, those keys I, I love the I was theme. like I was like is this the exorcist cuz it kind of has the tubular the bells theme, yes. sound, but it's you know it's not it's its own original piece Now don't get me wrong there's some fucking there's some fucking cheese ball <laughs> scenes in this bad bad uh, uh 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 special effects like that fucking fly Oh, oh yeah, you might, oh, he yeah. might as well have been attacked by a muppet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that was like it, was, it looked plastic. Yeah. Like there was some fucking like somebody was just behind it, like moving it back and it was, forth. <laughs> it was smiling like the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> it, it had no sense. That was the weirdest looking thing. I don't know. I don't even know. That whole scene was bizarre, but it was well acted. I will say. Yeah, I even thought too. Like I, when I was watching it, I was like, when the brother took it, and the, it was like the brother's turn to act like there was something flying in the jacket. I was like, oh, it's starting to feel cheap. I'm like, you know what? Actually, I kind of believe Going it. And then the Reggie, Reggie comes in and he's just like looking at the sink, trying to have like a normal conversation. He's like, hey, what's going on here? And that fucking fly shoots right out at him. Like <laughs> that was a good jump, even though it was a goofy looking fly. Yeah, yeah. And and I will say, I get like the comedy aspect. Yeah. I found that scene a little more comical than a lot yeah, of the other it, parts. Had, of it definitely had like a slapsticky element to it. So. I think he did a beautiful job of just casting shadows and then framing the shadows correctly too. And this framing in general, his framing, yeah, it was it, like there's always something. What, I feel yeah. like they're opening in the middle of the shot or off to the side. Like there's this weird framing that's going on that's always done at like different angles and, and beautifully done. Always lit, yeah, perf- perfectly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, lighting was and huge. as as much as we kind of joked about. It, we've joked about the scene where, like, the chick turns into the tall man in the back. That close, that close shot that happens though, when you see the chick's face, is like really disturbing. I find it disturbing, anyways. Like, it's just a weird face, and it's lit really 
sharp in detail and you kind of see imperfections in her skin and stuff. I just thought that was like a really surrealistic way of shooting it too. Best lighting in the film though is when Reggie's ice cream truck is flipped and they pull up on it when oh. they're in the Beetle. Yeah. Dude, that lighting is so sick from behind it and mm-hmm. then like I'll also say the, the headlights. Uh, the the uh, inside the funeral home the lighting that was done in there with all the angles, like everything was so geometric and like symmetrical and just like perfectly lined up in the lighting, the way it would come through the doorway would just slice oh, yeah. through the it, frame. Like there's that scene where he walks into that spot where there's like the four hallways converging and it like all the light pouring through, like make like an X on yeah. the floor where he like stands at. And I think that's also probably what sells like what sells the, the, the sphere. Cause you're looking at this very square geometrical room. And then this, this, sh- this, this shiny, chrome ball comes flying through the air and it's like reflecting everything around it and it's shot really well too with the reflections yeah like by at, the way at, i i read that the way they did the did the spheres is they got like a professional baseball player who would chuck these things across the room and they would film it but then they just uh expose the film in reverse uh so that when it would fly you know it was actually the reverse the reverse shot of of that um, really? Yeah, so, so much sense. And if you look at it, it always kind of has that angle to it as well. Like, think about somebody throwing it; it starts high and goes low. You know, right. as, yeah. as, it, as it travels low and goes high. But when you see it, it, the it's always coming towards the camera and it's always going high. Oh, that's so yeah. smart. That is that's that, that that's such a smart idea. Yeah. So because nothing ever looks right going in reverse. You know, you ever notice that? Mm-hmm. You ever see a scene in a movie and you're like, that was shot in reverse? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it never looks quite right. Right. I didn't think about it until and I, I like read it. That because yeah. it makes it makes that ball fly in, in in an irregular pattern that you would not see something. Yeah. That was controlled That's really by gravity. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I will tell you what sold the sphere for me. Hmm. It was about twelve gallons of blood. <laughs> so that's awesome. what I loved me. that. That is the coolest thing in this movie to me. That, is I, see, that, I feel that like scene. that that's has a thing. lot to do with its its kind of cult following and it, this film's cult sass. I mean, that sphere. That, that, that what's funny is there there was a there was a game that came out for the PC in like '96 called Blood Two. Mm-hmm. And it was a first-person shooter, but you were a demon, and you like use a lot of different weapons. I played it. One of your weapons was the sphere. Mm-hmm. Like you walked around, and it flo- your hand over, it and it floated above you, and you, like swiped, and it shot off, and like landed in some enemy's head, and like drilled blood out of it. I completely remember playing that yeah. game. Yeah, I'm like that's so fucking blood. cool. This thing made it into a fucking video game. Well, let's, like, let's be honest. Like that 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 sphere is almost as iconic as Angus is Angus Kim oh, is. Yeah. yeah, like I would say that because you know, and, and to think about it. You know, in terms I, of like horror movie weapons, I'm sorry, that's fucking it's, badass. It's really badass. It's almost as it's it's like iconic in the way as like the Hellraiser box or mm-hmm. like Freddy's glove. But like the crazy thing about it is that it only sh- it, they really only show it one time in this film. I that murder, yeah, it's like the, three times. I, well, they show I mean, it like three times. He but gets, that it murder gets shot by um, yeah, Jody. Jody. Jody shoots it. This and then does it time. actually ever kill anyone else other than that? Not that I can weird, remember. Nope. Yeah, just kills I thought that one guy. it doesn't really have like it's not prominent, but I I know it becomes way more prominent. That's in, another in, thing in, that in I sequels. was that was another thing I was kind of like not impressed with with this one is like I don't feel like th- I feel like that's the memorable death that and Michael getting snatched at the end, right? That's and that was pretty much it. And that I was, was kind well, of disappointed with that. That's the thing with this film. I mean, that's kind of I also why I have a hard time saying it's a horror film. Yeah. I feel like it's no, more sci-fi that. fantasy because you really only have, like, what, one kill? Uh, Well, the guy in the beginning, Tommy in the beginning, Tony? To- Tommy. Tommy, he gets stabbed with a knife and it's real, it's shot real kind of harsh and it's not that gruesome or anything. Like, the, the sphere kill is really, you're right, that is the kill in the movie that you look forward to, look forward to seeing. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was wise to to not overuse it because people wanted more. For yeah, the it, it could it could have de- it could have been that it could have definitely been a victim budget, of budget. I would say, and I think it. Your, to your point, Chris. Yeah, I think it left people wanting more. Which, as as the films go on, the spheres become bigger and more prominent. Up until, um, I think it's the fourth film, like which is, I believe, Oblivion, and I feel like that movie deals more with the spheres than anything. I remember the trailers for that when I was a kid coming out. Like, There's like a scene of like a thousand spheres shooting down a hallway and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, It just becomes this really prominent thing. Yeah, just like Leprechaun becomes more ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, um, 
wanted to praise the music. I don't feel like I got to talk about that. Thanks. Uh, no, you're the host. You can pop in whenever you yeah. want. No, and um, you know it. You know it's good when you're watching the movie with someone and that person is sleeping next to you, <laughs> and every time the theme music comes on, they wake up. <laughs> yeah. You know you got a killer theme song. There. I like the theme song, dude. No, it's 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 not bad. I like thought I it was a nice blend of, like you said, actresses, Halloween. I think the technical that. stuff on this film is is per, like perfect, almost. Yeah, like I would agree with that. It's it just has a good. it just has a a really difficult to swallow s- story story and like plot. But I feel like with multiple viewings, like you can start to kind of uh, dig into it and kind of understand it yeah. maybe a little bit more. So you're saying it's kind of like an onion. Yeah, it's got layers, bro. Oh, like an ogre. You make me so proud. All right, guys, let's uh, rate this member jammer. What are we gonna rate it? <laughs> We're gonna rate it spheres. Yeah, We're rate it <laughs> spheres. Let's start off with Chris Willenbrecht again. Never <laughs> fucking mind. <laughs> no, fuck you. Let's start off with Mike. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Phantasm. I hadn't seen it in a while. I had to watch it twice. Um. When I was a kid and I watched this film, I remember coming out of it like not quite getting anything. Uh, watching it a second time, uh, I felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> watching it a third time, I started picking up on the things that we've been talking about, uh, mm-hmm. trying to put those things together. That's why certain films, you do need that, that, that uh, maybe not even second but third viewing. Um, that being said, uh, the visuals in this film are pretty, pretty spectacular. And the 4K restoration really, uh, really brings them to uh, prominence. I would give this film a four. Uh, it's a pretty solid film, and I understand its legacy. Um, I am with uh, some of you on here. It, it's, it's one of those horror films that you like. Not a lot of people talk about. Like everyone's a Freddy fan. Everyone's a Jason fan. Like you talk about horror fans, they always talk about those. I feel like there's a segment of the horror fan group that likes like really specifically likes this film mm-hmm. i feel like it's an outlier it's not one of those films like we, we were talking about what the top five great villains yeah i would say that phantasms it, it, it's not but to those who love it like yeah you goddamn right he's one of the top four or yeah. one of the top five um and i see that now i might even be like one of these people that like have been converted to this idea that phantasm is is far uh, unrecognized as it should be you know mm-hmm. it should be it should be more uh prominent um so yes uh four four uh orbs orby balls silver balls orbs silver balls i think they're referred to as orbs orbs I feel, uh, in the uh Whoops. in the canon of Spheres? it i think they're <laughs> orbs i don't know okay i'll go next i gotta give this one a 2.5 for myself uh i just cannot swallow the story of this movie i will the the two point five is literally for the way it's shot, um, the lighting, the sound, the, the the technical aspect of the film because I see the art there and it's and it's beautiful. Um, the rest of it, I I just have a hard time swallowing. It's a little for me the pacing slow. Um, it it's the movie drags on. I I'm not creeped out. I'm one of those people who's on the opposite end, and I'm not creeped out by the tall man. I just don't find it to be a terrifying character for me. Maybe that's because I saw it when I was older than rather than younger. I just, you know, I think he does a great portrayal of it and I get what they're trying to project with that character. But for me, it just doesn't do it. Um, and I, I just don't, I had a hard time connecting. I feel like with the characters, I just couldn't get into them. It, it's not my cup of tea. It's not going to be for everyone. I do think you're right. There's the, there is a group of hardcore fans for this film, which I, I understand why, and I think they would put him in the top five. I personally wouldn't. Um, and yeah, two point five for me. Check it out. I think it's worth the watch, especially if you uh, want to uh, pick up how to score a film and you want to pick up how to shoot a film and make a um, elegant. I'll say elegant horror film. I, mm-hmm. I don't again. I, I'm with you. I don't know if it's actually a horror film or not, um, but I will say if you want to make an elegant horror horror film. This will give you so many goddamn ideas, and, and and I could see how this film is influential. But so I'm going middle of the road on this one, two point five. Chris, uh, yeah, I definitely think 
uh, people should check this out for, for all those reasons, for artistic reasons. Uh, the film certainly has, has that vibe. Um, as we said, every shot is picturesque and beautifully lit. And, uh, you know, it, it, the camera movements are, are very slow and moody. Um, but, you know, some of that, I think, does hurt the film. Um, not necessarily the imagery, but the pace of the film is kind of slow. Um, it's, there's a lot of scenes uh, of, of dead quietness and, and, you know, getting from A to B, which is usually just from the mor- mortuary to a house. You know, there's not a whole lot of, a lot of in between. So the movie feels, feels slow. Um, but overall, like, uh, like I get it. I, I understand why this film is so special. I mean, the music is fantastic. Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, a little, yeah, set aside from a horror film. It has to have a sci-fi kind of vibe to it, but the setting is more horror like because it's a mortuary. So they blend a lot of cool things. Um, Angus Grimm as the tall man is an awesome looking character. He is creepy. He's lurking. He's tall. He can run in heels, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, and, and he, he is great. He is the tall man out. Can't really see anybody else ever really pulling that off. That's so funny. Quite the same way. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna have to sit at a three on this one. I don't love this film. I find a hard. I have a hard time remembering it after I watch it, which isn't a good thing. Um, but then, you know, getting into discussions where it is a deeper, you know, story than what maybe I thought it was uh, is is also fascinating. So it is worth a watch. I'm gonna go with a three spheres. Kyle. Um. Yeah. Phantasm. Um. The thing I, about this movie is it it changes each time that I've seen it, how I feel about it. Like, uh, saw it as a kid, thought it was just kind of a crazy, weird concept. I was more so enthralled by the concept of, like, this chrome sphere that's, you know, flying around, drilling people's heads, even though it only happens once. As a kid, I feel like it happened a million times if it only happened once. Um, seeing it now as an adult... Um, I recognize the fact that I might not have gotten it all or to this day still don't get it all. Um, but it's a, I think it's a great fucking movie. I think it definitely deserves more um, time to invest into it because I agree with, with Cody and Chris. There's definitely a bit of a pacing issue in it, um, especially when it's dealing with a lot of... Um, scenes that I feel like are put in place just to showcase Mike's fear of a, of abandonment. Um, but I feel like that concept was driven home a little too hard. Um, music and sound effects are on point and the way it's shot, like everybody else has said is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm going to give this movie a four, four spheres. Um, I recommend seeing it just go. I, I would just say go into it knowing that there is some pacing issues, but, I think I I have to believe that there's kind of a grander concept that's going on in this film than I understand at this particular moment in my life. So I think for that reason alone, it's a pretty cool film that keeps me guessing and trying to figure it out. So four spheres. Four from Kyle. That is our show for this week. Make sure you check out all our past episodes at coldfilminterview.com and make sure you follow us on social media at there it is. Underscore, underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow us on Facebook. You can follow Kyle. You can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at cultfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. And you can follow Mike yeah! at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram. That's our show for this week. Just remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies.